Did you know fishing is a college sport? Welcome to this episode of Catching Knowledge, where we want more than just fishing knowledge, we want catching knowledge. Today we get to interview former college fisherman John J.T. Russell. J.T. fished on the college fishing team of McKendry University in Illinois. He has fished national events, too. I was connected to JT by Pat Bowden, who I interviewed recently. If I remember right, Pat is currently fishing his club's annual tournament. Good luck, Pat. Anyways, this will be a fun interview. Let's get started. Today, I have the privilege of interviewing JT Russell. Pat Bowden from a couple episodes back connected me to JT. JT has graduated from college now but he used to fish on the college team at McKendry University. They're one of the top college fishing teams in the nation. Pat says he has a wealth of knowledge, and I'm excited to learn from him. Welcome, JT. Hey, thank you for having me, Micah. You're welcome. Let's get started. How and where did you start fishing? Man, I started fishing from a very young age. I grew up on Lake of Egypt down in southern Illinois. Grew up right on the lake, so as soon as I could walk, I had a fishing pole in my hand. Started, you know, with catching bluegill with my mom and my dad, and then eventually it grew into crappie and bass fishing. And ever since then, it's just uh, been an obsession of mine. I can't get enough of it. Yeah, sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're all of the same kind. When you catch that fishing bug, it's a hard thing to get rid of. Yeah. So what do you mainly fish for? Um, I primarily fish for bass. I fish a couple different tournament circuits ever since I graduated from college. And a recent obsession of mine has been crappie fishing as well. I do love to catch crappie. And as I continue to crappie fish, I'm learning there's a lot more to be learned about bass fishing from crappie fishing. Just like anybody that loves to fish, catching anything's fun. Yeah, I do primarily bass, but I also like to get out a fly rod and go to a little pond and do some bluegill on a little popper fly. Oh, yeah, that's a good time. They fight hard, too, on a fly rod, don't they? Yeah, they do. What have you learned about bass fishing from crappie fishing? Mostly just how the fish react to bait and how they school up. Crappie and bass, you know, they eat a lot of the same stuff. A lot of those smaller schools of shad. And when you can see the way those crappies set up on that bait, bass do a lot of the same things. And believe it or not, bass eat a lot of crappie too. So when you're doing a lot of crappie fishing, every once in a while, you're hooking to a great big bass. So there's just a lot to be learned from fishing from other species, especially crappie. Yeah. Did you get a scholarship to fish in college? I did, actually. It was kind of a weird road for me. I played golf in high school as well as I was on the fishing team, but I was a pretty good golfer, and I got a a full-ride scholarship to a school in Des Moines, Iowa to play golf, and I couldn't really turn that down. So I went up there, and while I loved golf, I was missing fishing, and it just so happened that after two years of school, my school actually shut down. They ran out of money and weren't able to stay in business. So after my sophomore year, I had to start looking at other schools. And I said, man, this would be a really good time to go fish in college. And McKendry is not too far from where I grew up. So I connected with the coach and I said, hey, I'd really like to maybe join a fishing team. Do you think McKendry would be a good fit? I had a nice discussion with him. He said, you need to come on down for a visit. We'll talk. And we sat down and had a really nice talk and talked about my past with fishing and he said, you know, I think you'd be a great fit to our team. So 
I was able to join and they offered me a, a small scholarship to come fish. And it, it was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. Wow. If that's something you want to do. It's a great opportunity. You get to fish a lot of places that uh, you might not ever get to fish otherwise. So it's, uh, it's awesome. Plus, you get to meet a lot of really cool people. Did you fish any big tournaments on big lakes, Okeechobee or something like that? We never made it down to Okeechobee in my two years there, but we did go all over. We got to fish Lake Texoma down at the border of northern Texas and southern Oklahoma, which is a, a giant body of water. I actually saw some of the biggest waves I've ever seen in my life down there. But we had tournaments on Kentucky Lake, Barkley Lake, Lake of the Ozarks, Table Rock, went up to the Mississippi River, down to Lake Dardanelle in Arkansas, which is a really neat fishery. Just a lot of, a lot of neat places. Got to see a lot of big water with a lot of fish. I like to do some smallmouth fishing in rivers. Do you? Smallmouth are fun, aren't they? Yeah, I really cherish the opportunities when I get to smallmouth fish since they don't stock them around here. They are a different breed of bass. They have more energy, I think. Smallmouth and spotted bass, they, uh, they, they sure fight hard, and they're a lot of fun to catch. One time I ate a smallmouth on and jumped three feet out of the water. <laughs> That's pretty awesome when they do that, isn't it? They, yeah. They've got so much energy just bound up. Actually, a funny story, we, I just got back from Kentucky Lake. I was down there fishing a two-day tournament. And I went down there with the anticipation of catching largemouth. And the first day of the tournament, I started throwing around a top water bait. It was an evergreen SB105, which is basically like a spook. And the smallmouth were coming three feet out of the water to eat it. Wow. Yeah. It was a cool thing. Pretty fun when you can get them to bite on a buzz bait or a frog or something like that. Oh, absolutely. Top water's the most fun out of all of it, isn't it? Yeah. What were the tournament rules in college? Yeah, it was typically a five-fish limit. We fished a few different kind of tournaments. We'd always fish what's called the Big Bass Bash down at Kentucky Lake, which is okay. where they have hourly weigh-ins for the largest fish. And, you know, they give away prizes based on the top 10 fish in every two-hour period. But primarily, they were five-fish limits just based off of whatever the length limit was on that lake. I've been wanting to try the Big Bass Bash thing ever since I heard about it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. They have them a lot of different places now. You know, they have them up on Table Rock and the Ozarks and some of the lakes down south. But if you ever get a chance to fish one, they're, they're a really good time. So how did you start tournament fishing? Did you start as a co-angler in the back of a boat? Yeah, when I was at McKendry, I didn't have a boat, so we got paired up with partners. The way we qualified as a team, we had so many kids. You know, we had about 21 kids on the team when I was there, and they got quite a few more now. Yeah. So we would have six qualifier events before our season started. Depending on what you caught, there was a point system that went along with that. And then it would break down in a sheet. So the top six anglers on that sheet got to fish every tournament. My senior year, I was lucky enough to make that top six. And my roommate at the time, who was also on the fishing team, also made the top six. And he was a boater, so we got to fish all of the tournaments together. Fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of good memories made. Do most colleges have fishing teams, but you just don't know it? I've only have ever heard of a few. Yeah, a lot of them do. They're not as well known, and a lot of them are set up differently. So McKendry is known for having a really strong fishing program. There's some others out there. Murray State has a very strong fishing program. 
Bryan College down in Dayton, Tennessee, schools like that where it's, it's completely backed by the school. So the school can offer scholarships. They'll pay for your gas. They'll pay for your entry fees. They'll pay for your hotel stays, all of that stuff. And then a lot of their schools are just the club. So it's started by the kids. The way they raise their money to cover fees is by fundraisers, different things like that. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but there's a lot of great fishing teams out there. So when it comes time to start looking at schools for you, definitely check out if they got a fishing program. Yeah, I got a couple of years. Yeah, you got a few years. Do you know if the high school nearby you has a fishing team? It is a club, but we don't have a competitive team. Okay. Well, that's a good start. A lot of organizations start as a club, and the more notoriety you can get, the more people you can get involved, it's just going to grow. So it's good to hear that, that there's at least the club started. That's a, that's a great thing. Is there like an organization where you can become a team and compete? Yes. The best way to do it is to talk to an existing team and kind of see how they put it together. Best is get feedback of what's worked from other teams. So if, if you're ever looking at starting something, let me know because I can put you in contact with the right people to, to ask the questions. You'll be hearing from me. Absolutely. Maybe I could start a Concordia fishing team. There you go. Absolutely. How was the tournament on, what was it? Lake Kentucky or something? Kentucky Lake? Yeah. It was, it was an interesting one. So I work a full-time job, but my, my fishing partner, he's able to get a few days off. So he went down there early and spent three days down there and only caught one bass. I didn't have a lot of expectations going into it. So before the tournament, we pulled up Google Earth and we said, okay, here's what you fished. Let's try everything else. So we pulled up to a point first thing in the morning and I was throwing that top water and I had about a four pound smallmouth eat it. And wow. yeah, and uh, we went down the bank and we were able to catch a few more and ended up turning in only one of only three limits of the day. And we were leading after day one by two pounds. And then the second day we went and, and pretty much did the same thing. We only were able to catch four keepers, but they were all good ones. And we ended up winning by about three ounces. So it was, it was a great weekend. Yeah. I like to use Google Earth and fishing maps. Yeah, no, that's a great tool. And it's underutilized by a lot of people, but you can learn a ton from Google Earth. And it's something I've started learning just in the last couple of years. If you go on Google Earth and you look at a lake when it's full of water, in the spring, you can move the date back to where the water was low. And you can see a lot of that structure that you can't see when the water's up. A lot of times you'll see stumps or rocks or something out off the bank that you can't necessarily see in the spring. So marking those kind of areas, those are just great areas for fish to hang out. So the fact that you're already using Google Earth and maps, you're way ahead of your time. And you, that's, that's a great tool to find fish. Yeah. I've always had a hard time backdating. I don't really know how to do that. Yeah, it's not too hard. Honestly, it took me a little while to figure out too. But once you download the Google Earth software, it'll allow you to do it. If you go into just Google and go to Google Earth, it won't let you backdate the pictures. But if you actually download the software and it's free, down in the right-hand corner, you can go back dates and you can go back to you know, the summer of last year, the fall of last year. But once you get that downloaded, it's a pretty simple tool to use. And I, I, think, you'll, I think you'll like it. 
Did your college fishing team have a contract with any manufacturers, like striking or lose or something? We didn't necessarily have a contract. Our fishing coach was regional pro staff for Daiwa, and he talked with Daiwa, and he was able to get us, the whole team, that same deal that he received. So we got a pretty significant discount on Daiwa equipment, rods and reels. And then we also brought Spro on board with our team. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I have more spro frogs than I know what to do with, but <laughs> bought a lot of their baits. And then there's just a lot of companies that support the college fishing program in general. Berkeley is a giant supporter of college fishing. They give away a lot of their stuff at tournaments and give discount codes to the kids so that they can afford equipment. And Carhartt as well. There's no better investment when you fish a lot than a good set of rain gear. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry yeah. about that. I was on the river in Minnesota like a month or so ago before school started. It said 0% chance of rain, and then it started pouring, and I was about as wet as the fish. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've been caught in a few of those myself, and it's, it's not a lot of fun being wet. The Oreos also got soggy. Oh, no, that's the worst part. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any favorite fishing stories or experiences? I've got quite a few that would probably take up too much time, but there's a few that I remember. In 2017, me and my partner were fishing the Midwest Conference Regional put on by Bassmaster at Lake of the Ozarks. Neither of us had been there before. It was a pretty large tournament, about 100 and I think there was about 130 boats. So we weren't really sure where to start. So we practiced throughout the day and we came into a cove and there were fish busting on the surface, but the water temperature was 48 degrees. So I, I couldn't imagine they'd be bass. I figured they were probably carp or something. Just to make sure, I threw a jerk bait out in the middle of this pocket and I took about two cranks of the reel handle and I caught a five pounder. And I said, well, these, these are bass. So we stopped fishing and we went in and tournament day, we're just thinking, man, I hope they're still there. And we pull up in the pocket, and in about 25 minutes, we had 22 pounds in a live well. Wow. And yeah, and we were able to replicate that for three days and ended up winning the tournament. So you used a jerkbait the same other days? Or did you use a buzzbait or a spook or something? I tried throwing a spook a little bit, caught a few smaller fish, but a jerkbait and a swimbait seemed to be the key players. And then the third day, we were able to catch a few fish on a swing head, on a wobble jig, uh -huh. um, just dragging it down a few points. Those fish in those pockets were feeding up on shad. And on the third day, the shad seemed to move out a little bit. And that's when that wobble head bite seemed to come into play. But it was a lot of fun. We caught a lot of big fish. I don't know that, I, that either of us have ever caught that many four-pounders in a weekend before. But that's probably the most memorable tournament I've had. Sounds like fun. I hear a fall coming up and stuff, the water temperature will get colder and stuff, and all the shad will die because of a sudden change or something. And I hear that's a kind of a good time to throw a spook or something. It is, yeah. Even this time of year, what happens is the water gets so hot. People's inclination originally when the water gets hot is that all the bass go deep. And early in the summer, a large population of them do, but late in the summer, they don't have any oxygen that deep, so they have to come shallow. So they'll start looking up to feed and coming to the bank. And that's about the time a buzz bait, a spook, a swim jig, those kind of bites really turn on. So 
the fall time is a really good time to catch some of your biggest bass. Yeah. I interviewed one guy. He caught his biggest bass in October, and it was like nine pounds. Wow. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of big fish caught in the fall, especially if where you're fishing has grass. A lot of the fish get in the grass in the fall, and that's the time that some kind of big weighted soft plastic in that grass will work good. A frog is a great thing to throw in the fall. It's just a fun time to fish because there's a lot of fish in there, a lot of different places. Yeah. Most of the time on that lake I fish a lot, it gets so much pressure, you just have to do something different. Especially pressured fish, a Senko or an Ocho, something like that, a Yum Dinger, that's a, that's a great, great bait to, to throw for pressured fish, mainly because it's so subtle. You know, you don't have to work it a whole lot, and once you figure out how they want it, that can be a great tool to catch, catch pressured fish. Do you have any advice for me if I want to fish in college? Yeah, I mean, I was always told growing up that no matter if it was baseball, basketball, fishing, you know, it's a privilege to do those kind of things and grades come first. And it's the same thing with college fishing. You know, when you're on a college fishing team, you have to maintain a certain grade point average to be able to compete. Fishing coaches want to see a kid that is eager to learn, loves to fish, but also gets good grades. So being good in school is a huge part of it. And on the fishing side, just fish as much as you can. The more time on the water you can get is, is only going to benefit you. Find things that work for you. Keep trying new things and you'll be right there. You'll be ready to go to the college fishing circuit. Do you have a favorite lure to fish with? It seems to change every year, <laughs> but there's a couple staples I always have around. As far as the hard baits go, it, it's hard to beat a Rapala DT6. I range all different colors, but I always have a, my box of DT6s in the boat. It's just a, a great all-around crankbait. Aside from that, a drop shot has become one of my favorite lures. I think we've won more tournaments on a drop shot in the last couple of years than I, I have my entire life, I think. You know, I rig it with several different types of soft plastics, but I think a drop shot is my favorite now. How did you come to know Pat? So I previously worked for a company called Graybar Electric, and they were an electrical distributor, just electrical things in general. But I worked in sales and he worked in IT. I came across his, his little picture on his email, and it was a picture of him in his Strike King uniform. And I said, you know, he's someone in the company that fishes. I got to talk to him. So. One day he came up to fix something on my computer and I said, hey, I understand you fish quite a bit. He said, I sure do. And I said, I do too. And ever since then, we've, we've become good friends. Do you live in St. Louis now? I live in O'Fallon, Illinois, which is on the Illinois side, but not too far from St. Louis, about 25 miles or so. It's not the greatest place to live in the country if you're a bass fisherman. There's not, not a whole lot of lakes close by that are worth fishing, but... I do have the opportunity to travel a little bit and go to some of the better lakes in Southern Illinois. So that keeps me pretty busy. Time for some rapid fire questions. We should be quick. All right, let's do it. Braid, mono, or fluoro? Oh, it really depends on what I'm doing. I'd say 90% of the time I have fluorocarbon on unless I'm throwing a top water of some sort. If I'm throwing a lighter top water, I'm probably going to throw monofilament. If I'm throwing something like a, a big whopper plopper or some kind of big top water or a frog, probably going to have braid on. 
Biggest fish you ever caught? Biggest fish I ever caught. Um, when I was in high school, I fished a tournament down on Kentucky Lake, and it was right when the Alabama rig came out. And I caught an eight-pound, four-ounce largemouth on an Alabama rig. And since then, I've caught lots of sixes and sevens, but I've never caught one bigger than that. Alabama rig. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's a strange bait. To be completely honest with you, I, I don't love throwing it, but it does catch fish. Some people call it an umbrella rig. Oh, but it's yeah, one of those. five wires that come out with five swim baits. It looks like a chandelier in your house. It can wear you out if you throw it all day, but it's a great tool to catch fish, especially in the free spawn. Those things are like two ounces or something. Yeah, they're pretty heavy. You have to use some pretty heavy-duty equipment when you're chucking it around. <laughs> Eight pounds is a nice fish. Yeah, thank you. I've been trying to break that record for a long time, and I've been to some, some big bass lakes since then. I've been down to Chickamauga three or four times, which is known for producing those, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 pounders. And still haven't come across one, but it's on my list of things to do. I hear the California Delta is really good for big bass. It is, yeah. That's on my bucket list of places to go visit. I remember when I was younger watching some Bassmaster Elite footage when they were on the California Delta. and It looks like a special place. There's a lot of big bass to be had in California. Yeah, I've heard bass can get like 20 pounds in the Delta. Yeah, yes they can. Yeah, and a lot of them are caught really shallow too, which is cool because a lot of people catch them while they're looking at them and there's no better way to catch them favorite fish to eat favorite fish to eat will probably be walleye i think walleye is my favorite fish to eat there's not a lot of them around me but every time i get the chance to eat them i can scarf down a lot of walleye <laughs> yeah favorite place you've fished favorite place i've fished um that would probably be lake texoma just because of how diverse it is. You've got big largemouth, you've got big smallmouth, big spotted bass, and a ton of different ways to fish. It's big and intimidating. It can be hard to break down, but the fish live everywhere there. Cardinals or Cubs? Oh, no. Believe it or not, Dodgers. I'm a Dodgers fan. But if I have to pick between the Cardinals and the Cubs, I'm probably going to have to pick the Cardinals, being here in St. Louis. Are you a Cardinals fan too? Yeah, my dad grew up in St. Louis. Oh, did he? That's awesome. Up in St. Charles. In St. Charles, yeah. I actually work not too far from there. That's a nice area. I have a hard time with my favorite MLB team. I know a guy on the Yankees, but I was born in St. Louis. Liking the Cardinals is okay. Liking the Yankees is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> when Garrett Cole was in high school, my dad taught him Oh, really? That's pretty cool. He's a big star now. Yeah. Yeah, he's having a really good season. Yeah. All right. Time for our last question. If you could go anywhere in the world, what would your dream catch be? Ooh, that's a tough one. You know, I've been seeing a lot of videos lately online of people catching those giant whales catfish on top water. Have you seen any of those videos? The giant catfish with like the slithery tail? I've seen them. I would love to catch one of those big Wells catfish on like a whopper plopper or some kind of big top water. And I'm not entirely sure where they live. I think most of them live in Europe, but that's a trip that I would like to take one day. Sounds fun. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Catching Knowledge. I want to give a few shout-outs. Thank you to Pat for connecting me with JT. He was a really good interview. Another thanks to JT for coming on. It was fun to talk to someone who's fished competitively in college. I had a blast. That's all for now. See you next time on Catching Knowledge.